Hey, it's Clay. Welcome to another episode of the Money with Clay podcast. Before I get into this content, a friendly reminder or a plug or whatever you want to call this, a sales pitch, go back and listen to last week's episode with Maquan. Really, really interesting perspective that most people just don't have. Unless you were some sort of Division I college athlete, probably more so than you know in, in football or, or basketball. I can't speak too intelligently compared to what the other sports require. But certainly football, when you think about all the money that football generates for these Division I schools, I mean, it, it is flat out an intense situation, and Maquan has firsthand experience with it. So like I said, go back and listen to that, and you can see how that very unique perspective and experience you know, transpired and, you know, kind of wiggled its fingers, if wiggled its tentacles, there we go, into other areas of his life and feedback has been solid. So make sure to go back and check that out. It is a longer one. So if you got a, a car ride or whatever, you know, set aside a little bit more time so you can listen to it. Like I said, a lot of good nuggets of information here. But for this episode, we are getting into the time machine once again. We've done this before. I don't remember the last time I did it, but we are going not into the past. We are going to go to the future. Who is we? I would say probably anybody, I don't know, 50 and below, maybe 45 and below, 40s, 50s and below. That is who is invited on this journey because the people we are going to visit are essentially the people up in there. Actually, it should probably be more so 60s and below. So if you are 60 or below, you are invited into the time machine we got to go and see what uh, people older than 60 are, are telling us. So, you know, there's always a saying, there's a lot that you can learn from past history. There's also a lot that you can learn from, from future history. And depending on your age, like I said, 60 or below, we have an opportunity to learn from future history and what, you know, people are saying and what people are experiencing and what people are wishing. You know, when, when you can get into the mindset of, you know, I wish I would have, Okay, what do people wish they would have? There's a lot of good, valuable information in that. A new article that came out just on Tuesday, so April 9th, a couple days ago as of the recording of this, from CNBC, baby boomers face retirement crisis. Little savings, high health costs, and unrealistic expectations. So to start the article off, April is National Financial Literacy Month, but this week is National Retirement Planning Week, which means it's time for yet another round of depressing statistics about how unprepared we all are for retirement. I mean, I don't know if we would say we all are. Many, sure, but I mean, come on. Uh, but I mean, it, well, tongue in cheek, I'm saying that. And all kidding aside, it is sad. It's sad when you think about just the, the think about the general assumptions being made. The general premise is, yeah, I'm just going to kind of say it in a joking way that depressing statistics of just how unprepared we all are. Because, yeah, generally speaking, that's accurate. And that's really sad when you can make kind of comical jokes, comical statements about the status of things when sure you're just speaking in generalities, but it's it's true. And that is true. It, they're depressing statistics because people just are not prepared for retirement. So to pick back up with the article, let's focus on baby boomers. Those born between 1946 and 1964, ages 55 to 73. So there we go. If you are 55 or below, you are invited into the time machine as we head into the future right now. 
Nearly half, 47%, are already in retirement. That's 34 million retired baby boomers. Our dose of depressing data comes courtesy of the Insured Retirement Institute, which represents the, the annuity industry. This group's annual report, Boomer Expectations for Retirement, highlights all the problems. Too little savings, underestimating health costs, and unrealistic expectations of how much retirement income they will need. So the first part and the subheader, too little savings. The three legs of retirement stool are social security, private pensions, and personal savings. None is in great shape. The average social security check is $14,000 a year. Hardly a cushy retirement. Only 23% of boomer ages 56 to 61 expect to receive their income from a private company pension plan, and only 38% of older boomers expect a pension. As for personal savings, I'll make it simple. Most boomers have not saved nearly enough. In the worst case, it is really bad. 45% of boomers have zero savings for retirement. I'm double checking that right now. No, there's no decimal place in, in, in front of the four. So that's not 0.45%. That is 45% of boomers have zero savings for retirement. Now, again, to be fair, I guess, I'm sure, yes, they have some sort of social security check that's gonna show up. They have some sort of maybe pension, but as far as just flat out savings that they've actually saved, zero. 45%, that's basically, you have 10 people in a room, that's basically half of them stand up and say, yeah, I'm getting some sort of very small social security, I may be getting a, a pension, maybe, but as far as savings, nope, zero. That is mind blowing, that is scary. That is something that I would like to think is common sense that you would want to avoid. Yet here we are, we're in the future right now. And apparently that is very possible. Something that in my mind is logical. 50% of people, it was not logical to them or they just didn't think about, I don't know. Let's just keep going on. But that's a crazy, crazy statistic. Next subheader, underestimating healthcare costs. Retirees routinely underestimate health expenses, particularly long-term care costs. Many simply don't understand the system. Shockingly, 50% of those in the survey say they have not factored in the cost of long-term care insurance because they say they will rely on Medicare. But Medicare provides no coverage for long-term care. Only 8% of boomers say they have purchased a long-term care policy. Do you see the massive problems here? Do you see the learning lesson from the future? You better have a plan. And not only better you have a plan, you better have good clarity within that plan because these people, I'm not gonna say, I mean, they have a plan. What is their plan? Their plan is to, well, rely on Medicare. But what part of their plan were they very clearly not clear of? They were lacking in clarity in the fact of, but Medicare provides no coverage for long-term care. So they're depending on Medicare for long-term care, but Medicare provides no long-term care. Again, you can have a plan. Having a plan is important. But if it's not a good plan, if it's not a realistic plan, if it's not a clear plan, you could probably make a philosophical argument that it's not a plan at all. But it 
So keep that in mind. There's a very valuable learning lesson here from the future that just because you have a plan doesn't mean it's actually a viable plan, a wise plan. I'm not saying that you as a listener right now fall into the category of not having a good plan. I mean, if you're saying they're like, well, actually, I don't even have a plan at all. Well, then that's a massive red flag. All I'm throwing out there is that even if you do have a plan, it might be worth just considering. It might be worth double checking a few things to make sure that your your plan is fully transparent and has, you know, kind of all the little nooks and crannies mapped out because that's that's really bad when all these people are planning on Medicare for this long-term care, but Medicare doesn't cover long-term care. And then of those people, only 8% say they have purchased a long, long-term care policy. Bad planning, bad, bad planning. We're all going to live a lot longer than we think. In about half of all married couples over 65, one partner will survive to at least 95, which again is an, is, you know, that's something that I need to keep in mind too, is when I do my numbers, it's with the, with the day and age of technology and how fast technology changes. And that includes in the medical field too. Who knows? Maybe we're going to be like genetic cyborgs that live to 300 years old. I don't know, but I guess if you're a cyborg, do you need healthcare? Well, you would need maintenance, right? You would need probably like software upgrades. And maybe if you're like your limb falls off, you need to have it soldered back on. I don't know. My point is, people are starting to live longer, which which makes the cost that much higher. And it's funny, it's kind of a side note here, but it fits in here. Uh, me and my brother-in-laws and, you know, we, we, we like to give our, our uh, my dad-in-law, so my father, my wife's dad, a hard time. He's retired um, and, you know, he, he's had a plan. He's He's got savings and all that good stuff. So, I mean, he, he He's a good example. I'll put it that way. He's a good example of somebody that you would want to follow. And I was also blessed with my parents. They were good examples of, you know, somebody to follow. But our, our kind of joke with him is he's retired, but he, he's just, let's get it done. Let, let's go. He's not going to be, he's, he doesn't sit around. He loves to, for example, he loves to just chop wood. And he loves to just go and be active and help out. Uh, you know, he's, my my wife has uh, five uh, brothers and sisters, so he's got six kids. So he's always want to go help them out, do all this sort of stuff, and you know he's he's out there helping out people, and just he's just helping. But what we give him a hard time about is he doesn't charge. So what is he doing? Well, he's out there being active, and when he's out there being active, well, that's keeping him in good shape, right? That's keeping his heart rate going. It's keeping his muscles moving. I mean, he's in good shape. He's staying in good shape. Yet, so he's prolonging his life, right? But we're like. Dad, listen, you can't, you can't, I mean, you can, but you got to start to charge these people something. How are you going to pay for your, I mean, your little nest egg isn't going to last forever. And out, you're out here helping people out, staying active, staying healthy, prolonging your life, but you're not making any money to pay for the prolonged life. Now, of course, this is all being said in jest, but it's, it's kind of brings up to this point is people are living longer. So you got to be able to factor that into your equation into your plan, which goes back to the, let's make sure where we have a plan. Not only is it a plan, but it's a, it's a smart plan. And, um, you know, if you have somebody like uh, my father-in-law who is active, who is helping people out without charging them, then who knows? Maybe he's, 
he could be creating a self-fulfilling, you know, death spiral for all himself because he's like 110 out there chopping wood still, but he's got no he's got no money left. I don't know. Just theory, mind-blowing stuff. Let's move on though. Uh the next um and then the final uh subheader of, you know, the problem here underestimating retirement income. We are underestimating how much we are going to spend. The average amount spent by Americans age 65 to 74 is $55,000 a year. But most baby boomers don't think they will need anywhere near that amount. Indeed, 60% say they will need less than that to live on. Again, what is the plan? What is the data available to us? The data is that when you get to 65 to 74 right now, on average, Americans spend 60 or spend $55,000 a year. But this is the tricky part and this is what I would always encourage you to do. Err on the side of caution. Err on the side of extreme. But way too many people are erring on the side of no no no. I Clay, you didn't you didn't catch the key word. Average, the average amount spent I'm gonna be below average. I'm gonna only spend 45. I'm gonna only spend 50. But they're erring on the side of, okay, everything, no, I'm I'm gonna be on the lower end. And then, then they plan everything on the lower end. And then what happens? Well, if you plan on the lower end, there is no, there is no down, or there is no upside for you. It is literally only downside because if you're not actually right, which according to these numbers, a lot of people are not gonna be right, then again, yeah, you had a plan, but within that plan was a a faulty assumption. So if it were me and what I fully plan on doing is and seeing that number, and of course I'm I'm well aware that I have a a while before I get to that number, so that number is gonna continue to change. But if I'm looking at the number, I'm thinking, okay, if the average is 55, that means some people spend more than 55. So why don't I just run my numbers and say like 65? And then think about what that does from a planning perspective. Now, let's say that I actually just do fall in line with average. Let's say I am at 55. Awesome. I've been planning this whole time to be spending $10,000 more, yet I'm not. So that's just, you know, that's gravy. That's a nice cherry on top. Maybe, well, yeah, I actually was actually a little bit above average. I'm at 60. But guess what? Because I erred on the side of caution to the upside, well, I, I still gave myself a $5,000 buffer. So when you are putting together plans, if there is one thing that I can encourage you to do and tell you to do that has helped me out a lot in my plans is err on the side to the upside. That way, if you ultimately just, if the situation does turn out to be average or maybe slightly above average, well, then you still have plenty of wiggle room. You still have an opportunity to make something of it and you're not caught with your pants down like a lot of these other people uh, you know, are setting themselves up to be. So, you know, little things like that in this, you know, great, that's why I love the headlines. That's why, at least for me, I enjoy these podcasts because there's little things out there that uh, remind me of certain, uh, you know, uh, characteristics or certain, uh, what word am I looking for? Certain plans of action, certain thought processes that I should be going through when I'm putting together the plans of action. There's there's what I meant to say. You know, th- this is all about the thought process the thought process that leads to a plan. So, you know, like I said, if, if I can encourage you to just err on the side, to the high side, that can go a long way. 
And uh, to pick, so it, like that article was saying, indeed, 60% say they will need less than that to live on. And that, I do like this article. They, they seem to have a sense of humor. The next line, a lot of people are kidding themselves. The expected annual retirement income need less than 35,000, 44%. So again, think about that. What, the, you know, I'm not gonna rehash that whole conversation, but think about what almost half the population is doing in regards to what the average is. Half, I mean, they're not even, they're airing way to the downside. I mean, it's not like they're saying, well, no, no, we're gonna be on the low side at like 45. No, 44% are airing to the downside of $35,000 or less. How does that make any sense to say, yeah, you know, the average is 55,000, but you know, yeah, we're gonna be at 35,000. That is insane. 35,000 to 55,000, 26. So 70% of people are saying, yeah, I'm gonna be at average or below. Only 30% are erring to the side of what I would say. I mean, that, that needs to be a lot more than that, only 30%. But regardless, 44% are erring that far to the downside. I appreciate the, the author's sense of humor when they say a lot of people are kidding themselves. And the source of that, again, comes from the Insured Retirement Institute. And this segues perfectly into, uh, like I said, I like this, I like this author. That they're, they're, this is a very logical uh, article. As the next part of the article states, what's the backup plan? I agree. They're, they're, clearly, there's a flaw in their plan. So what is the backup plan for their general plan? What happens when a lot of people realize they haven't thought this whole retirement thing through very well? Again, what can we learn? We're in the time machine. We better think things well through. We better be prepared. We better make sure that our plan is actually a plan. Here's the plan. Downsize, go back to work, or hit up the kids. That, if you've ever listened to the past podcast or you know, one of my big whys, because I'm, I'm a big why person. You know, if you have a goal, if you have an ambition, you gotta have a big why behind it. And one of my big whys is, I never wanna be a mooch. I never wanna have to hit up my kids. If anything, I want to spoil my kids and be like, hey kids, hey grandkids, let's go to Florida. Hey kids, hey grandkids, guess what? We just booked a Hawaii trip. Now, I'm definitely going to you know, also aim to not like to turn anybody into a spoiled brat, but my main point is I wanna be offering at this age. I don't wanna be having to hit them up because of my lack of planning skills right now in life. Like, And I'm talking to myself right now in life. Looking into the future at this, that sounds miserable to have to hit up your kids. So the question goes on from this uh, institute. They ask, what will you do if you run out of money? Downsize, live on Social Security alone, 58%. I hope you like you know, beans and water because those Social Security numbers, what was that? I think it was 14,000 is the average. Let's go find that real quick. Uh, yeah, the average Social Security check is $14,000 a year. Wait a second, let me pull out my calculator. So that's just a little over a thousand bucks a month divided by, that's basically $1,200 a month. Think about it. Think about it. You're $1,200 a month. That's what these people plan on, on surviving on. So maybe you double that if there's two, so we'll call it 2,500 bucks a month. Okay, I, I'm not saying you can't do it. 
I'm just saying, let's let's make sure your expectations are in line with reality. If your plan is I'm not gonna have any personal savings at all, I'm gonna depend just solely on Social Security. Right now, that number is 2,500 bucks a month, assuming you have uh, you know, a significant other, but if it's just you, there you go. Something to keep in mind. I'm not saying it's not possible, I'm just saying let's keep expectations in line with reality. 37% say they're gonna return to work. So if, if you wanna work the rest of your life, I'm not saying there's I'm not saying that in judgment at all. You, I'm, my point is, you may have to keep that as a, 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 as a realistic choice of that may very well be required. And then, and this makes me, I mean, this, this makes me uh, uh, proud to be an American, I guess. Only 6% would say, ask children for assistance. Okay, so I'm, I'm glad that that number is not like huge where it's, there's some sort of uh, entitlement mentality where it's like, well, you know, I used, to, I used to change your diaper and wipe your butt. You owe me. Give me some cash. So I'm glad to see that's only at 6%. That does make me feel a little bit better about things. And then in conclusion here, and this is, this is what, this is why I hope you're still listening. This is the, the, the big old data. And I don't think this is anything new. I don't think this is anything revolutionary, but it packs a punch in terms of, I mean, it's, it's staring us, us, us being 55 and below. It's staring us right in the face. No excuses. It's nobody's fault but your own. For me, what is it? Um, am I 30? I'm 35. I was born in 83. Am I 35? I think so. But especially if you're if you're 20, listen to this. If you're 25, listen to this. You have no excuses. You have such a big look into the history of things in the future. You have no excuses at all. I certainly have no excuses. I'm only 35. No excuses at all, Clay. None. You're looking at the data. You're looking at, you know, what these what the flaws in these people plans have been. And now Clay, you're looking at this. So let's finish up this article. The part about returning to work or staying at work is already happening. One third of employed boomers aged 67 to 72 have postponed retirement, the study says. Here we go, you ready for it? No excuses Clay, no excuses 25 year old, no excuses 20 year old, no excuses 40 year old, 45 year old. Do they have any regrets? Plenty. Among those not confident they did a good job preparing for retirement, the top two things they wish they had done differently. All right, this is, a good, this is some good history that I mean, as somebody that likes data, as somebody that believes you can learn from other people, and in particular, other people's you know, mistakes, regrets. So what are those regrets? Because again, this is coming from among those not confident so the people that are not confident, in other words, the people that did not have a good plan, the people that maybe thought they had a plan, but among those not confident, they did a good job preparing for retirement. The top two things they wish they had done differently were to have saved more at 63% and have started saving earlier at 58%. People wish they would have saved more and others over half, 58%, wish they would have started sooner. So get started now. This is why I am so excited and so just pumped up when 16, 17, 18, 19 year olds are reach, hey, you know, I'm, 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 I'm trying to think about, and you can see their mind is already in the sense of, okay, they're, they're looking into the future and I get it, I'm well aware. I, 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 this is one of my regrets. When I was 20, the thought of saving for retirement 
I mean, I, I can't even say it crossed my mind. Why would it? I'm 20 years old. Why would I be thinking about retirement right now? That doesn't make any sense. But I mean, for, so for the younger you are, start now. And this is not my opinion. This is based on statistical evidence done by a survey from people that are that they didn't do a good job. And they admit, yeah, I didn't do a good job. I wish I would have saved more. I wish I would have started sooner. There is so much power in that. Like I said, I realize that a lot of this on the podcast is just my opinion and, and it is what it is. But this is not my opinion. This is survey statistical results from people that have been where we are right now and now they're in the future. And this is what they're telling us from the future. Grab hold of that. I don't know what you need to do to start saving. I don't know what you need to do to maybe start saving more, but do it. Because the future is telling us a lot of people regret it and they, they and now they're having to go back to work. There is no retirement. They're having to, I mean, they're having to, when they say downsize, that's a big downsize. If you're, go, if you're used to spending, let's just call it 50,000 a year, and now all of a sudden you're going down to 25,000, I mean, that's half, right? You're literally all of a sudden leaving off of half of what you're normally used to doing. And when you're used to doing something for decades of your life, literally decades of your life, you're used to doing something. And then all of a sudden you're sitting there like, wow, I literally have to cut in half what I've been used to doing for decades. I mean, I'm not saying it's impossible, but I don't, I don't want to be doing that. I, 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 that. That doesn't sound good to me. And I get it. It's always, well, I don't want to say always, but I, the argument of, well, I'd rather have fun now than when I'm when I'm old and can't move around. All right, well, that that's that's fine. If if you want to go that path, that is up to you. But my point is, I think there's a lot to learn from people that have been where we are, but now we're in the future, and that they have regrets and they've shared those regrets with us. The article goes on to say, let's hope Gen X, Millennials, and Gen Z will do a better job planning for retirement than baby boomers have done. And I, as much as it uh, discourages me, I'm not quite sure that's the case. From what I see, uh, savings doesn't seem to be very high on the priority list, um, more so of experiencing life, and I'm all for that, but there, there's gotta be a little bit deeper of a plan. But I will also say, and I've talked to some on here, but I know others, there are younger people out there that they do have a plan. They're putting that plan into motion. They're getting debt-free. They're saving for retirement. They're doing what needs to be done, and that is awesome. They are, uh, you know, well, I don't know if they're, they've taken heed, but I hope that they listen to this, and now they have that much more motivation to keep at it. You're on the right path. I get it. It can be annoying. It can be frustrating at times. That, that's for me too. Do I really got to set that money aside for savings? I could take that and do this. And sure, this would be super fun in the very near term, but in the big picture of things, yeah, did that really actually do anything? So I mean, I get it. I'm with you. I, I, I'm annoyed at times. I'm frustrated at times. I'm tempted at times to break away from the plan. But stuff like this going into the future helps me out quite a bit. And it, I hope it helped out you. Uh, so consider that. And just as a FYI, Clay, I mean, yeah, I'm with you. I need a plan. I, I need to do something. I do offer, uh, it's called the slab money method at moneywithclay.com. And it comes with a one-year money-back guarantee. So if that doesn't really tell you that I believe in my personal plan, 
I don't know what will, but my plan works. It paid off $160,000 of debt. It's got me debt-free now, and it's got my wealth um, you know, building and growing, but it's something anybody can do. I'm not gonna sit here and say that it's a magic pill. I'm not gonna say that it doesn't require you know, a little bit of hassle, a little bit of annoyance, a little bit of, oh, really, do I have to? It does, but anything does, and anybody that tells you that their system or their program or their method doesn't, they are lying to you. Yeah, having a plan and having a plan that works is not always gonna be rainbows and butterflies, but the plan absolutely works. Think back to a few weeks ago, talk to Kainoa, a young guy, he is now debt-free, he's got the plan in place. He is not gonna be one of these people that get to the retirement and say, oh, I wish. He's gonna be sitting there on a beach with his family sipping out of a coconut saying, yep, that's right. And sure, maybe he's, he'll be a little older and not gonna be able to you know, go climbing up a massive mountain. But you know what he's gonna do? He's gonna be able to look and say, look at my kids or look at my grandkids or, or just look at my friends. I, I paid for my friends to be here right now. I paid for, and you know, he's gonna be able to sit there and be like, you know what? Yeah, this is worth it. To see the enjoyment that I have brought to other people that is worth so much more than me having squandered a bunch of money because I want to do something stupid in the near term. So just keep it in mind. And like I said, I, I do offer a, a plan. Uh, Kainoa is somebody that went through my, my program and he's still putting my the method into place because this is a, a, it's a lifestyle change, but it really does work. And again, if you're interested, just go to moneywithclay.com, call the slab money method, 129 bucks. That's it, it'll change your life. It'll get that out of the picture. It will put you on a, a, it'll put you on a path and give you step by step by step instructions that'll help you avoid what these people are regretting and you know what these people uh, have done in regards to their plan. So if you have any questions or anything, definitely reach out. But again, if not, that's okay too. If I can motivate you just a little bit to to get a plan in place, make sure the plan is actually viable. Then I have done my job. Take care. I'll see you back next week. Thank you so much for hanging out and listening. Before I go, I wanna just make your attention to a few things. First off, if you enjoyed the show, then make sure to help us out in the iTunes, especially if you could leave us a rating. That goes a long way and just assists me in getting the word out there, and I genuinely would appreciate it. Second, if you find yourself either in debt or just feeling like your, your personal finances are kind of out of control or could be much more efficient, then I would encourage you to go to moneywithclay.com and check out the Slab Money Method. That is the course that I put together as a former process engineer that outlined every single step, step by step by step with documentation, with forms to fill out, that'll put you on the path, the exact path I used to pay off $163,000 of debt and get myself to the point where not only am I debt free, but I am now able to build wealth and build wealth in an efficient uh, manner. So if you're curious and interested in that, again, moneywithclay.com and that is the slab money method. And no, this is not all some massive sales pitch when I say that it works, it truly does. And I back that up with more than words. My action behind those words is that course comes with a one year money back guarantee. So if you try it out and you're not making any progress, you're not seeing any progress, then I will refund you the cost of the course, which is very minimal to begin with. And then finally, make sure to check us out on social media, Facebook, Instagram, just look up for Money With Clay and you will see us there. Again, thanks for hanging out. I'll see you back next episode.